Hey team, this is Kim Constable. Welcome to another episode of Strong and Sculpted, the podcast by me, Kim Constable, the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and all things sculpted. And this week, I want to talk to you about something I have been speaking about quite a lot recently, which is dieting. And specifically in this episode, what I want to cover is, is dieting bad? And the reason why I wanted to cover this today specifically is because we have just launched a brand new, brand new program today, actually, called the One Week Shred, which is an epic program that I created to get very short term, fast results, you know, a fast drop in fat and water that will, you know, help you get ready for the party season, that will, you know, help you feel, you know, ready to slide into that little black dress and just help you to drop, you know, the extra pounds so that you feel amazing, um, you know, as a very short term quick fix, especially in and around the party season, whenever we've maybe eaten a little too much, drunk a little too much, haven't stuck to our fitness goals and all the rest of it. And so we're launching that program today. And as I was making the promotional videos for it, my uh, creative director in Team Sculpted Vegan, Mark, um, sent me a message and Mark's actually listening to this episode because he um, edits this podcast. So hi, Mark, this is all about you. Um, And Mark actually messaged me on WhatsApp whenever I was making the promotional videos and he said, um, he said, it's a good job. Nobody keeps track of anything you say, because I'm pretty sure you've said there's no such thing as a quick fix. And obviously with a laughing face emoji afterwards. And, uh, and I laughed whenever I read it because I have always said that there's no such thing as a quick fix. But yet here I am releasing a program called The One Week Shred. So I thought that just in case any of you out there are actually paying attention, I thought it would be a good time to you know talk about The One Week Shred, talk about why and when we should use something like a one-week shred and if it actually is affected or, sorry, if it is effective or if it damages your metabolism or if it's a good idea or not a good idea or whatever. Because obviously, you know, I would never put out a program that would damage your health. I would never put out a program that wasn't effective, that wasn't going to get results and that was going to, you know, like sacrifice your health. That is not something that I would ever encourage anyone to do. I always say I will never sacrifice my health for how I look. All of my programs are based on, you know, eating whole, nutritious, delicious food, on nourishing the body. Yes, they are tough, but you know, you you are tougher than life is hard. Like something tough rarely killed somebody. It only ever makes them stronger. So yes, my programs are tough, but they're not designed to, to destroy your health in any way. And I just thought this would be a really good time just to break down the one week shred, break down short term diets in general, talk about when they can be useful, when they are bad, when they are good, and kind of everything to do with, you know, with short term shredding. So, you know, first of all, Let me start and tell you a story about, you know, my experiences with dieting. So I had, you know, been a cereal dieter my whole life. I dieted just like the rest of the world diets, which is I yo-yo dieted quite a lot. I, you know, would look in the mirror one day and I would say, or I would put on, you know, something to go out at night or a dress, or I would try on a pair of skinny jeans that maybe I had worn a few years previously whenever I was several pounds lighter. And I would slide into these jeans or I would try and slide into these jeans or I would put on this dress or I would look in the mirror and I would go, oh, I feel disgusting. And it was usually around the wrong time of the month because any ladies listening to this will know that around that time of the month, we always feel just a little bit fatter. And even if it's not true, we always feel just a little bit heavier. And we do retain water as well. So that could be part of it. But it was probably around those times of the month, you know, I would look in the mirror and I would say, oh my God, I feel so fat or I look so fat or I hate my body or I wish I was leaner. And it was always those kinds of things that then prompted me to go on a diet. So my 
my diet would consist of me slashing my calories, me cutting out all of the foods that I enjoyed. I would cut down on, you know, any junk food that I had been eating. I would, you know, skip breakfast and, you know, and, and only eat lunch. Or I would, you know, start running. I remember once I decided I was going to get really lean after the birth of my third baby. And so I, I started running, you know, like five kilometers a day. And this is while nursing, you know, a, a young baby. And also she was my third child and I had three in three years. So I was ready under a lot of pressure and I was out there, you know, killing myself running every day and I was starving most of the time and I was, you know, just drinking black coffee to stave off hunger, you know, just kind of, you know, doing a very uneducated diet, which involved over-exercising and under-eating. And that had kind of been the pattern of dieting that I had, you know, followed most of my life, which, you know, and I, I had managed to stay quite lean. So, you know, I, I definitely didn't have the muscular curves that I have now from being a professional bodybuilder. But I did manage to stay quite lean this way because, you know, with the, the balance of calories in and calories out, I generally was under eating. And whenever you under eat and over exercise, your body does stay quite lean, although it's definitely not a healthy way to be. And I was what I would call skinny fat. So I didn't have a lot of body fat, but I didn't also have an enormous amount of muscle. So even though I was lean, my you know body was made up of mostly fat and water and bone tissue. It wasn't made up of lean muscle mass like it is now. So um, when Whenever then I started training for a bikini competition, I, um, I I knew that I was going to start dieting. I'd been training hard and bulking hard for about uh, nine months, I think, before I you know was going to start my cut for my first show. And I my first show was going to be in April, and it was April two thousand and seventeen. And I had been bulking hard the previous year. And my trainer Curtis at the time said to me, "Okay, you know we're going to start your prep, which is prep is another word whenever you're bodybuilding for diet and training." And I really had no idea what prep was. You know, he would say, we're going to start prep in January. I'd be like, okay, sounds great. And I remember thinking, what the hell is prep? Like, what, what even is prep? Like, I'd heard people talk about prep before. And like, oh, I'm on prep, or I was on prep, or when I'm on prep, this or that. And I really just did not know what this thing prep was. But I was, you know, very willing to find out. So I was excited to start my prep. And, you know, I'd never, ever been as lean as a bodybuilder is to stand on stage. But I always wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? I always used to look at bodybuilders and think, damn, how do they do it? Like, I really want to be that lean, but I had never obviously, you know, trained as a bodybuilder and I just didn't know how to do it. So I was excited to see what this plan was that Curtis was going to give me. So on the 1st of January, I arrived at the gym and Curtis handed me this little booklet with my prep in it, okay, with my, with my 12 week, or I think it was 14 week prep. And I looked at it and I was very underwhelmed. I looked at it and I was like, what is this? Like, this is not going to get me lean. Like, I really was, you know, I was convinced that, you know, this prep was going to be something which was really, really hard. It was going to be like really tough and I was going to be starving all the time and I was going to have to work my ass off. And this prep involved, you know, a gradual increase in cardio, a gradual decrease in calories and, you know, nothing really very special. And like I said, I was very underwhelmed. I was expected to, you know, expecting to have to work really really hard and to, you know, be, you know, like I said, starving most of the time. And I was prepared to work hard because I'm real type A. And I was like, okay, I am going to get down to these really low percentages of the body fat. So I didn't actually believe Curtis, sorry, Curtis, that, um, that this would actually work. And so I looked at this plan and I said to myself, you know, with all of my years of experience, not. I looked at this plan. I was so arrogant. And I was like, this plan is not going to get me lean. I am going to create my own plan. 
So I went away and I started researching, you know, bodybuilder books, like these massive, big, lean bodybuilders who are also taking an awful lot of fat burners, you know, like um, under the counter fat burners. And I started researching, you know, what it is that they did to get really lean. And I decided, well, I'm going to do this instead. So rather than following the, the cardio plan that Curtis had given me, I decided I was going to start with one hour's cardio a day. I was going to start with one hour's cardio a day on the Stairmaster after I had trained my training program. You know, I, Curtis had given me a training program and I was like, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't hard enough. I need to add more exercises. So I was training for about two hours per day with weights. And then I was getting straight on the Stairmaster for about an hour afterwards. And I would leave for the gym. I didn't have any, you know, stuff at home at this point. And I didn't have this big company that I have now. All I had was a wing, a prayer and a dream. And every time I left for the gym and I left my husband with our four young kids, he would say to me, okay, see you in five hours. You know, because once I left for the gym, it was usually away for three or four hours at a time. My poor husband, he was, uh, he, he was just like, like I said, he was, he was, he was operating on a wing and a prayer, hoping, hoping that this was going to pay off one day. So, um, so I, I just didn't follow the diet that Curtis had told me to, you know, had, had given me because I believed it had to be harder. So I went in really, really hard from the beginning. And of course, about halfway through prep, I'd only been you know, prepping for about six weeks. Like I was starting to reach burnout. I was starving most of the time. I was exhausted because I was eating, you know, I wasn't eating very little, but I was certainly eating the wrong types of food. I was eating tofu, which was far too high in calories. I had decided not to track my food because I was following this bodybuilder plan where he had, you know, this, this bodybuilder had said that you're supposed to multiply your weight in pounds by X amount to get your protein and X amount to get your fat. And of course, rather than actually weigh myself, I kind of just guessed what my weight was and I just followed this person's recommendation. And I was eating far too many calories from fat. I was eating far too many calories in general. And I wasn't tracking because, you know, this bodybuilder said that you don't need to track if you do it this way. If you just follow this exact protocol, you don't need to track. But of course, I hadn't even done the work correctly in the beginning to follow the protocol. And I had miscalculated my fat. I'd miscalculated my protein. And of course, I, I didn't get the results that I wanted. So, and so I was working really, really, really hard. I wasn't eating that much food, but the food that I was eating was really calorific. So I was starving most of the time, but eating far too many calories. So therefore the weight just wasn't dropping off me. And of course, then towards the end of prep, whenever I was about four weeks out from my show, of course, I hadn't told Curtis that I wasn't following his plan. He thought that I was following it. I hadn't said that I was or I wasn't because, you know, we weren't working as closely as say Mark, my current coach and I would work together. But I, I, of course, you know, hadn't hadn't been honest with him. And so about four weeks out from the show, I decided that I would be honest with him. And I said, Curtis, I'm really sorry, but I have something to tell you. You know, because he was like, I thought you would have been leaner by now. Like, you know, your progress isn't, you know, as good as I would expect it to be. And I said, Curtis, I'm really sorry. I have something to tell you. I said, I haven't actually been following your plan. And he said, well, what have you been following? And I said, I've been following this other plan. And he was like, oh my God, are you serious? Like he wasn't cross, but he was like, you're such a dick. And I was like, I know, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to do. And he said, right, okay, we're going to have to dial it in really hard. Like, tell me what you've been eating. You know, give me your food plan or whatever. So I gave him my food plan. I told him what I'd been eating. And he was like, okay, we really need to dial this in. So Curtis then created me like a four week plan to, you know, and it was a massive jump in cardio. It had to be, you know, I was only, I was even doing, I was doing an hour's cardio a day, but I had to jump up to two hours cardio a day. And, you know, and then I started tracking 
tracking my food and I started tracking my calories. And of course, the minute I started doing what he told me to do, the weight started to drop off. So I did stand on stage that year quite lean, but I certainly wasn't as lean as I would have been if I just had have followed what Curtis told me to do. So I don't know why I thought I was the expert and he wasn't, but I think it was just because, you know, I was very experienced in nutrition and, you know, I was a, a detox yoga teacher and had been, you know, teaching yoga for a long time and, and was very, um, you know, very experienced in all things to do with the body and with health and nutrition. And I just thought that I knew better. But fundamentally, the biggest mistake that I made was I thought that the diet that I had to do to get really lean had to be much, much harder. I didn't know that dieting for a show, especially when you give yourself 12 to 14 weeks, isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a slow, steady move towards the end. It's just keeping steady, consistent progress to get you from A to B. But of course, with my inexperience, I thought that I had to kill myself to get down to really low percentages of body fat. And that was the first thing, that was the first belief that I had to, you know, that I really had to move through was that, you know, dieting has to be soul crushingly hard because it really doesn't if you give yourself enough time. Now, I didn't give myself enough time, so we really had to dial it in in the last four weeks. I did drop an incredible amount of body fat in those last four weeks using the plan that he gave me, but I nearly killed myself in the process, whereas if I had just had to follow the plan that he gave me from the very beginning, then I would have got absolutely epic results and I wouldn't have had to kill myself in the very last couple of weeks. Now, I actually, believe it or not, repeated the mistake this year not in the same way, but the second year that I competed was the second year that I, um, I, I was determined I wasn't going to repeat my mistakes of the first year. I had Curtis prepping me again. He gave me my diet for the second year. And whenever he gave me my prep plan, I followed it to the letter to the letter. Now, Curtis was also afraid that I wasn't going to lean enough. Of course, he was afraid I was going to defy him again because, you know, I'm a very defiant person. Don't tell anyone, okay? Of course, he was afraid of this. So, he created me quite a severe plan. Um, and again, about, you know, four weeks out from the show, I decided that I still wasn't lean enough. I was, by the way, but I was still, you know, just terrified of not being lean enough from what had happened the previous year. So, I, you know, that's when we created the four-week shred and we went really, really hard the last four weeks and I got absolutely shredded. I was down to about 8% body fat, which is very low for a female. Um, and I was almost too lean for the stage, but I did end up winning um, winning or placing second or third in all of the shows that I competed in that year. So it was a really successful year for me um, competing as an athlete. Now this year, because the, the previous year had been so hard because my calories had been so low and I was still eating a lot of tofu, which I didn't realize, FYI, by the way, if you guys are using tofu as a diet food, tofu is actually very high in fat and so therefore very high in calories. Fat has about four grams or four calories per gram, okay? So it's very, very, it's a very calorific food. And if you're eating a lot of fat whenever you're dieting, you won't be eating a huge volume of food, but you will be eating very calorific food. So, um, um, last year, I was eating a lot of tofu because I didn't really explore many other protein options. And I like to keep my diet very consistent whenever I'm dieting. I like to just eat the same food over and over and over again. So I was relying quite heavily on tofu, which was a bad thing because, like I said, tofu is high in calories, high in fat. And if you eat a lot of it, then you don't, you can't eat a huge volume of food. So you will feel hungry because your stomach isn't full. So um, I, this year, decided to change things up. And I've, I was prepping with Mark, who's my new trainer, Mark Getty. 
And I, I moved, and people always ask me, by the way, why did you move away from Curtis? I only moved away from Curtis, not because he wasn't doing a good job. He was, but Mark Getty is, you know, one of the world's biggest and best bodybuilders. Like he is enormous. His bicep is 24 inches wide. And I wanted to put on, pack on a serious amount of muscle. And so I decided to go to somebody who was very respected in the industry and very, you know, um, huge... <laughs> in person um, and, you know, who really knew a lot about packing on muscle. And even whenever I spoke to Curtis about moving and I, I went and I spoke to him, you know, I talked to him about it. He said, you know, I know where you want to go and he's the man to get you there. So Curtis was humble enough to realize that he's a very good prep coach for bikini, but he knew that I wanted to get much bigger in terms of muscle. So, you know, he sent me to Mark with his blessing. So that's why I moved from Curtis. And we're still very good friends, just in case anybody is like, why did she move away from Curtis? It was nothing sinister. That's all it was. So this year, whenever Mark was prepping me for my shows, I had put on a huge amount of muscle and we were concerned that I was going to be too big for bikini. So Mark didn't want me to diet down too hard. And so I decided that I wouldn't track for about the first six to eight weeks. Again, I can be quite arrogant, right? And I know many of you, so someone actually wrote that as a comment recently. They were like, I really love Kim, even though she can be arrogant at times. Like I love her no BS attitude. And I was like, shit, I can't, like I can't be really arrogant, you know? But I think that sometimes a little bit of arrogance is, is good, you know, as long as it comes with being humble as well, which I generally always am. So I, um, this year, I, I definitely had a little bit more, you know, I suppose confidence and arrogance. You know, I was prepping with Mark, who preps, you know, 50 athletes a year. He's one of the biggest, most, you know, best bodybuilders in the world. You know, champion, has won every major championship in his federation. And I thought that, you know, this year I don't need to track. Last year, I was tracking really hard. I got really, really, really lean. I thought this year I know enough not to track. So what happened this year was whenever I stood on stage, I, you know, I started to prep. I gave myself a good kind of four to six months to prep. Prep, a really long, easy prep, a really long, easy diet. And so come January, I started to dial it in a little bit more with the cardio and I started to cut out, rather than track my food, I started to cut out all of the, the kind of little extras that I would have had just to cut down on calories. So I would have, you know, cut down on my oat milk and my cappuccinos. I cut out, you know, fruit, um, you know, any extra fruit that I would have, bananas. I cut out oat milk in my smoothies. I, you know, I just made small changes that would have cut down on calories, but rather than tracking specifically, I just ate intuitively. And so what happened was I didn't come in lean enough. I, I came towards my first show and I realized that I just wasn't lean enough. Now, of course, I stood on stage and won. And Mark was very happy with my condition because he said that had I come in any leaner, they would have moved me up a category because I would have been too hard and too muscular. So I won the first show. It qualified me for the World Championships, um, which was fantastic. So obviously I didn't do too badly, but I just didn't feel right in my body. I felt that I wanted to be leaner and I felt disappointed with my condition. And so after my first show, I had four weeks until... I think it was sorry, three weeks to my next show and then three weeks to the, the following show, which was the World Championships. And I decided in those three weeks between my first show and my second show that I was going to dial it in and I was going to work hard. So I ramped up my cardio. I started to track my calories and I, I, I reduced my calories gradually over the three weeks and I worked hard and I came in so much leaner in those three weeks. Like I, once I dialed it in and I got consistent and I, and I really hit the calories hard and hit the cardio hard, I got really, really lean. And then in the next three weeks, again, between the next show and the world championships, I, again, I, I kept tracking, I kept dropping, I kept dieting and training hard, and I dropped an, another enormous amount of body fat. So, you know, the, the, so the short term, you know, last couple of weeks really going hard at it made a massive, massive difference. So what's the point that I'm trying to make here? Well, the point is that short term extreme diets do 
work. And they can be useful to achieve a short-term goal. So whenever I created this one-week shred program or even my four-week shred, that we're launching a brand new four-week shred in January. January 3rd, we're launching. We're doing a $5,000 challenge. In fact, we're giving away, I think it's $9,000 in total um, in with a, with a full judging panel in the four-week shred in January. So watch out for that. That's January, January January 2020, by the way, in case you're listening to this afterwards. So um, short-term extreme diets do work, okay? They don't damage the metabolism. They they don't wreck your body. And, you know, they, they are very, very useful to achieve a short-term goal. They should not, however, replace a long-term strategy. And this is one thing that I have learned through my own unique experience is that whenever, if I had have just you know, dialed my nutrition in from the very beginning in my first prep and in my third prep, like I did with the second one, then I wouldn't have had to work so hard. I wouldn't have had to dial it in and do that real short-term burst at the end to really, you know, to rip off the last of the body fat and to drop the water and to get really, really lean for stage. Because another thing that people who haven't prepped hard enough tend to do, now I've never done this, but um, there's a lot of athletes I know that if they're not lean enough, if they, you know, if they just haven't dieted efficiently and they, they come to like a week out from their show, they go really, really heavy on the diuretics. So if you go really heavy in the diuretics, you can strip away a lot of a lot of water from your body and you can lose a huge amount of, um, ma- you know, you look a lot smaller than say you lose a lot of mass. You don't use muscle mass, but your body does appear much more ripped. But, you know, if there's fat under there, you're still going to see the fat. So dropping water can be a really good way as well to, you know, to um, drop pounds but it's not fat pounds that you're losing. You have to be clear, it's water pounds. And also stripping away, you know, the last of the fat. Like if athletes say to me quite often, you know, if they come to like a week bef- a week out from their show and they're not lean enough, that quite often they'll say to me, oh, should I go hard in the diuretics? And I'll say, absolutely not. Diuretics wreck your body and wreck your kidneys. You know, what I would do is I would concentrate in this last week and getting more body fat off. Like it's perfectly possible to lose, depending on, you know, what how lean you are already, it's perfectly possible to lose up to five pounds of body fat in one week. Five pounds of body fat is kind of the most that you will lose. But if you go really, really hard and you embark on a on a hard diet with a calorie deficit and you really push your body over the edge, you can lose up to five pounds of body fat in one week. And that's going to be really noticeable when you stand on stage. So rather than going hard at the water drop, what I always recommend that people do if they're not lean enough is they go hard in the last week before a show and strip off more body fat. So, but the point that I want to make here is that a short-term diet, although very, very useful, should never replace a longer-term diet strategy. Ideally, in an ideal world, all of us would plan efficiently, plan effectively, and we would, you know, run a marathon towards our goal rather than sprinting there. But sprinting there can be useful if you have either, you know, if you've undershot or you've overshot your goal, you can use a short-term diet as a, you know, as a good strategy to get you really, really lean. One of the things I want to talk about, though, or I just want to mention is that on a very short-term diet where you have slashed your calories hard and increased your cardio hard, the rebound can be more severe if you don't reverse diet out of it. Now, I have never reverse dieted in my entire life. Reverse dieting is basically where you start to add in calories gradually. So you increase your calories week by week from what they were up to um, a point where, you know, you're, you're, you're eating at your total daily energy expenditure again, your TDEE, which is the amount of calories required to, you know, get to 
keep you at the current body fat percentage that you are. It's your basal metabolic rate, which is the rate at which your body burns calories to keep you alive, coupled with the amount of calories you expend every day just by living your life. That's your TDEE. So to reverse diet, you reverse diet out of where you were by increasing by about 100 calories a week up until you are up at your TDEE again. A lot of people don't want to reverse diet because there's, you know, after you've done a very short-term hard diet, you're starving and you, you know, you've, you're overworked and all you want to do is eat and rest. And unfortunately, people go on a huge binge and they they eat far too much. And so within a couple of days, they're, you know, or a week even, they're right back to where they were before they even started the diet. So with a very short-term diet, the rebound can be more severe and you have to be more careful to, you know, to come out of it slowly. But because, you know, quite often you know, my preps are long preps, you know, 14, 16, sometimes 20 weeks. I don't ever re, I don't ever reverse diet out of it. I just start to eat healthily again. I just start to eat whole nutritious, healthy food, just adding in calories gradually. And because of the way I structure my eating now, whenever I'm prepping or dieting, I eat five times a day and I very rarely feel deprived. Every time it's, um, every time I feel hungry, it's time for another meal. So I eat five times a day, even if I'm on lower calories, I'm still eating regularly and I'm eating very nutritious nutritionally dense, but calorifically light food. So I, I I don't eat much tofu now whenever I'm dieting because like I said, it's very high in fat. And um, I, I intend, or I, instead I eat... Um, well, protein powders, obviously, supplement. I supplement with protein powders, but I will have, you know, things like soy burgers or soy substitutes, which are, you know, high in protein, low in fat, low in carbs. I'll also have things like sunflower mints or sunflower hash, I think it's called in America, um, which, again, very, very high in protein, very low in carbs, very low in fat. I'll also have black beans and chickpeas as my uh, carb sources. Chickpeas are very low in carbs, but very, and very low in carbs and fat, but very high in um, protein. And so the same with black beans. So they're really good. And lentils as well. I eat a lot of lentil soup whenever I am prepping now because it's a really good way to pack in the carbs and the protein without um, and, and eating a big, massive bowl of hearty, comforting soup feels so good whenever you're dieting because it feels like you're eating a lot of food. So my goal when I'm dieting now is always to eat a lot of food so that I don't feel deprived and I don't feel hungry because then whenever I finish dieting, I don't feel this massive urge to binge. I don't feel this urge to like eat everything in sight and go crazy eating donuts and ice cream and whatever, because I don't feel that I've really deprived myself during the diet. That's the secret to successful dieting. That is the dieting that we teach in all of my programs, in all of my shred programs, and also in my Sculpt and Shred, my 18-month program. That's exact, exactly the way we teach dieting. So you don't come out the end of it feeling like you're, you know, you're dead, your central nervous system is shot to pieces, and you're absolutely starving, exhausted, depleted, and all the rest of it. We want you to come out of the end of it feeling that you've worked hard, you've built a lot of endurance, you know, you've you've sculpted this incredible body, but that your your central nervous system is still intact because that's really the most important thing. So, um, so with saying all this, you know, how do you diet effectively? Okay, how do you diet effectively, and when should you use a long term diet, and when should you use a short term diet? Well, the first thing I would say is try not to let yourself get into the position where you need to do a crash diet. Learn from my mistakes. You know, I, I love making the mistakes so that I can teach you guys what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It makes the learning curve less steep. So if you are, you know, if you are going to, um, or if you want, you have a body goal that you want to achieve, then, you know, 
try to set a longer term goal to achieve that body goal that doesn't require you to completely kill yourself in the process. Dieting, whenever it's done effectively over the long term, doesn't need to kill you and doesn't need to be hard. Just like training in the gym doesn't need to be hard. You know, I train in the gym for 40 minutes, five days a week. People say to me, oh, you know, she must, they don't say to me, they write comments on my Facebook posts and they're like, she must be in the gym like two hours a day. And I'm like, two hours a day? Who the hell has two hours a day to spend in the gym? Seriously, see these people who go to the gym and they're spending two hours a day in the gym, they're not working hard enough. They're, I mean, I know that sounds like a, you know, like a, a converse statement, you know, they're not working hard enough. But if you're in the gym for two hours a day, sweetheart, you are not working hard enough. Whenever you go into the gym, my gym sessions are like a sprint, right? You can't sprint a marathon. If your gym sessions have 10 different exercises and six different sets and require you to completely annihilate yourself on every single set, then I'm afraid you're just not working hard enough whenever you should be working hard enough and you're working too hard overall. So, you know, my gym sessions are 40 minutes long. The only set that really matters to me is the final set of the final ex- of every exercise where you literally must leave your soul on the floor and reach total and utter failure. But you only do that once. Like I only work really, really hard in the gym for four minutes of every four to five minutes of every 40 minute session because the final set of my five exercises only takes one minute. So I'm literally working hard for five minutes of the 40. And I have built an incredible amount of muscle, especially in the last year since I started training this way. It's called high intensity training, which um, Mark Getty, my, my, my trainer, has really taught me, which is now the, high, the, t- the training that I teach in all of my programs. So um, if you are training, you know, that way you're going to be building a lot of muscle and you're not really going to need to be dieting hard either because your body is going to be naturally in a very anabolic state. But if you don't let it get so bad in the first place, then you're not going to have to diet hard in the last couple of, you know, in the last couple of weeks, whatever, to reach a goal, you're going to be able to, you know, like I said, you can't sprint a marathon. So dieting is kind of like that in the gym. You know, you you shouldn't be in the gym for two hours a day and you shouldn't be dieting for one to two to four weeks, you know, yo-yo dieting throughout the year. If you really want to change your body shape, then you need to set a longer term goal. That's why my Sculpt and Shred program is 18 months long. It's not like that, you know, my only muscle building program that I have, all my other programs are diets, right? We have the 12-week shred, the four-week shred, and now the one-week shred, right? Those are diets. They're not muscle building programs. They're, they're supposed to achieve a short-term result. But if you want to change your body composition in the long term, you have to commit to the longer term, okay? You have to commit to the longer term. But I recognize that not everybody, you know, you have a wedding coming up, you have an event coming up, you have a Christmas party coming up. That's why I created these programs like the one-week shred and the four-week shred. They do get results. And if followed correctly to the letter, you get insane results, insane results. Like one of our members just posted yesterday on my 12-week shred, she lost 23 pounds of body fat. 23 pounds of body fat. So these, now the 12 week shred is obviously a longer term diet. So it is, it is kind of more like a, it is actually exactly my, my own prep that I would do for, for a show. So, um, but you know, the shorter term ones, you can lose an insane amount of body fat, but you have to recognize that at some point you need to set a longer term goal and you need to, you know, create something that is sustainable and longer term for the future. So try to not let your body get to the point where, you know, you are 
massively overweight, massively unhappy, and you're constantly yo-yo dieting in order to make yourself feel better because that is just not good for anybody. And if that is you, and if you're like, well, that's all very well and good, Kim, but that is me right now and that is where I am. So what, you know, what do I do? Well, what I would recommend that you do is set a start date when you are going to decide to change your body forever, okay? Could be January. It could be now. You could say, you know what? I'm just going to start now and I'm going to take a break over Christmas or the holiday season if I need to, but I've just, I'm going to start now and I'm going to commit to doing this. So, Set a date and and decide when you're going to start. Decide if you're going to start with a muscle building program or if you're going to start with a diet program. If you're going to start with a diet program, that's perfectly okay. Then you can start with something, you know, something shorter, like the one-week shred to motivate you or like the four-week shred, which is launching in January. You know, something short to motivate you, to give you results is a fantastic way to start. But you have to realize that at some point, you're going to have to commit to a longer-term plan. So I want you to set a start date and say, this is the date when I am going to commit to myself and change my body forever. And then the third thing that you have to do is you have to decide what it is that you want to achieve and you have to be realistic with the amount of time you have to achieve it. So with the one week shred that we're launching, you know, I, I'm saying to people, a lot of people have already started asking questions like, when's the one week shred launching and what's happening with one week shred? And can I do it more than once? So people are already asking, can they do it like, you know, for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks? You know, because I think a, the common misconception is that if it works for one week and you can do it for one week, then if you do it for 12 weeks, the results will be, you'll 12 extra results. It's not true, okay? The shorter and more severe a diet is, the more likely your body is to downregulate your metabolism over a period of time. Now, the one-week shred is is a severe diet. It's when I say severe, you are in a in a big calorie deficit, um, and it is designed to drop both fat and water. Okay, you can lose five to ten pounds in one week of fat and water. It is the short term fix. It is the quick fix. It's like screw long term results for now. Here's your quick fix. Okay, it is the quick fix. Could you cycle it for two weeks? Yes. And would you wreck your metabolism if you did? No. But if you cycled it, then could you even cycle it for three or four weeks? Yes, absolutely. If you had something going on in four weeks and you wanted to cycle it for four weeks, you know, I hate saying that like, yes, you could, but I want you to recognize that if you cycled the one week shred for four weeks, you are going to rebound really hard after it. Will you look absolutely shit hot for the event that you're going for in four weeks? Yes. But are you going to be right back to where you started, you know, within a week or two? Absolutely. So if you're not very careful, so you have to be, you have to understand that the rebound will be more difficult. It's not something that I would recommend. Now, obviously something like the four week shred, less severe, you know, slightly longer term, still will get really good results. But in fact, We'll get epic results, but over a longer period of time. So the rebound isn't going to be as hard. And then we always recommend that after the four-week shred, you move into something a little more sustainable, um, which will give you longer-term results. You know, that's always our goal is for people to move into longer-term, more sustainable programs. So you, you, you need to decide what you want, but you need to be realistic with what you can achieve. The one-week shred or any short-term diet, whether it be my one-week shred, whether it be someone else's short-term diet, whether it be something you create yourself, you have to be realistic about what you can achieve in a week. You're not, you, you know, somebody said to me recently, um, it was in one of my groups, actually, I was doing coaching, and she was like, yes, I set my goal. I want to lose 40 pounds by Christmas. And I was like, okay, you're never going to lose 40 pounds by Christmas because Christmas is in six weeks. And, you know, you can only realistically lose two pounds a week. So you can you can only expect to lose like 12 pounds 
pounds by Christmas if you work really, really hard. You can't lose 40 pounds by Christmas. You can't even lose 20 pounds by Christmas. So she was like, oh. And I said, you know, you have to be realistic about what you can achieve. Can you lose five to 10 pounds in one week? Yes, absolutely. And if you have an event coming up or you've got a really hot date or you just want to like shave off five pounds so you can put them all back on again over Christmas and Thanksgiving, you rock on with your bad self. Like that's exactly what it's for. Is the one week shred designed to shred you the ultimate body you're going to keep forever? No, it's a quick fix. So you have to be realistic about what you can achieve in one week or what you can achieve in four weeks. And if you have a body that you haven't been happy with for years, then you need to move into a longer term program. Maybe something like, you know, I only can refer to my own programs, of course, but like the Sculpt and Shred program that we're opening up again next year. It's an 18 month program designed to sculpt lean muscle as well as drop body fat. And then at the very end of it, you get down to um, athlete style percentages of body fat. Like you literally could stand on stage at the end of the 18 month. It is a, it is like a full prep program. Whether you intend to stand on stage or not, you will walk around with a body like you could at the end of the 18 months. That would be my ultimate goal for everybody to move into a program like that, because ultimately it's going to give you the tools that you need to change your body within the next 18 months and forevermore. Once you learn these tools and this becomes a way of life, your your life changes forever. It's not a short, it's not a quick fix. It is a very long-term sustainable life-changing plan. Um, the next point that I want to talk about is, you know, short-term diets are great to get motivated, but, you know, you need to be committed to the long-term results. So I actually have just already covered that and what I said was 0.4, but I've already just covered it in 0.3. But, you know, just if I can hammer home any point, it is it is that short-term diets are fantastic. Like I wouldn't create a short-term diet if it didn't work. I wouldn't create it if I didn't think that you guys were going to get something out of it, okay? I only create programs that actually work, but they also come with a disclaimer you know, it's like me, 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 like warning sign. Okay. This is a quick fix. I am not selling the one week shred as a program that you can cycle over and over and over again. And in fact, if you cycle it for any longer than two weeks, your metabolism will downregulate to adjust to the reduced calories and the increased cardio. Your body will go into starvation mode and it will say, okay, we need to start preserving fat here because we recognize that we can't, you know, sustain this calorie and, you know, this, this calorie output and calorie intake forever. I mean, the calories on the one week shred are about 1200 a day. It's a it's a macro and calorie counted meal plan. You don't need to do anything. You just need to follow the meal plan. Um, you know, there's obviously cardio sessions in there as well, gym training sessions. And uh, it, you know, so there is a massive calorie output and then there's not a huge calorie input, which is why it's so effective in the short term. But anyone can do something hard for seven days, but it's not designed to be a long-term solution. You have to be committed to get long-term results if you really want to change your body. Just, you know, that's why Curtis, going back to my first story of my first prep, it's why he created me a 14 to 16 week plan that was an easy marathon. It wasn't easy marathon, but it was a short term, it was it, sorry, it was a long term, you know, a long term um, plan with incremental changes, incremental decrease in calories, incremental increase in cardio, which is actually all you need to shred. That's what all my programs are. Whenever you, you're on, if you, you're not on the one week shred or the four week shred, anything like the 12 week shred or the shred at the end of the Sculpt and Shred program, those are a gradual increase in cardio and a gradual decrease in calories. And over the 12 or 16 weeks or however long you decide to shred for, your body fat just drops off gradually and gradually and gradually and gradually until the end of it. You look in the mirror and you're standing there at 12% body fat, you're ripped to the bone and you've spent, you know, a full year building this muscle underneath. 
life. It is an absolutely epic journey, but that is what it takes. And that's why the program is 18 months, because I don't bullshit you guys. I give you exactly what works. And that's what I'm known for. And then the last thing um, that you can do to diet effectively is make a plan and stick to it and then measure and adjust accordingly. I get a lot of questions at the minute. We just launched the Sculpt and Shred program. We have, you know, a huge amount of women at the minute in our private Facebook group. We launched a, a private Facebook group, um, you know, for the launch this way, where I'm doing daily um, live coaching sessions in the private Facebook group. And, you know, one of the questions that keeps coming up is about, you know, dieting. We, we, anyone who's over 23% body fat, your first goal within the Sculpt and Shred program in the first three phases is to get your body fat down to 23% or below. The reason why we we want this to happen is so when you enter your shred at the end, it's much, um, it's much, much easier for you to shred, but also it's very motivating to lose that body fat and to see the muscles emerge. And we want to keep everybody motivated within the program. So, but uh, there's a lot of questions coming up in the, in the group where people are like, okay, I'm confused about what to do. I'm confused about where to start. You know, what exactly is the plan for you know for me to do this or for me to do this and I and I keep saying to them and like we did a full live yesterday or two days ago when I broke the whole thing down I was like there are different ways to shred okay there's different ways to diet and here's what they are and I gave them two very different ways of dieting and I said you can choose one or you can choose the other but understand there's no one size fits all you need to do some of the work you need to be you know develop confidence in yourself to be able to take your progress pictures every week to be able to assess you know where you are to, to look honestly at your progress pictures like one of the one of the girls posted in the group this morning and she said you know I, she's only two weeks into the program she has lost six pounds on the scale six pounds that's three pounds a week okay which is amazing in two weeks you can really see the difference in her photos and she said you know oh you know so here's my progress pictures I'm so happy you know should I drop my calories and increase my cardio and I said to her why would you drop your calories and increase your cardio and she said oh because I thought I had to and I said no because no don't change anything you only change when the changes stop happening so when you stop seeing your scale weight drop when you stop seeing your pictures changes when you stop seeing yourself getting leaner in your pictures, that's when you drop or that's when you change. That's when you either increase your cardio or decrease your calories or both if you need to. But I said, you know, you you need to get out of the mindset of trying to push it harder to make it happen faster. You have to be patient. Patience is one of the things that we are missing in this life, patience and consistency. And it's usually that we don't trust the process. And so we think that if we push it harder, the changes will happen quicker. They won't. So I said to her, only change when, the cha when you stop seeing changes in your photos and only change when you stop seeing changes on the scale. That's when you change. If you're still seeing changes, if you're still moving in the right direction and you're dropping, you know, two, one to three pounds of body fat a week, don't make any changes. And she was like, okay. So that's one thing that you have to do. You have to make a plan. You have to keep consistent with the plan. If you guys haven't listened to my podcast episode on consistency, I think it's episode three. It's called the C word. I keep, I, every day I get hundreds of messages from people saying, oh my God, the C word. It was such an incredible podcast episode. Like they loved it. So go and listen to, I think it's episode three. Um, it's called The C Word. If you haven't listened to it already, I think you'll really enjoy it. So, you know, you have to stay consistent with your cardio, stay consistent with your macros and your calories, stay consistent with your supplements, stay consistent with your training. When you stay consistent and measure every single week, then you know what to change. If you don't stay consistent, then you don't know what to change. So if, whenever you keep, it's like, you know, treat yourself like a science experiment. Like if you think about it, 
if you were in a lab, right, and you were creating, you know, you were doing science experiments, you would have to keep all of the conditions the same. So every time you repeated the experiment, it would have to be verifiable, reproducible, and measurable. That is what makes something a science. Can I recreate this? Can I input exactly the same variables and recreate this result that I got? The only way you can recreate the result or that you can, you know, make small adjustments in order to change the result is if you keep every single thing consistent. Imagine if you were a scientist, right? And you were in a lab and you were, you know, growing molds in a Petri dish. Well, imagine if, you know, you... Um, uh, so, so one day you you're you're growing mold and you have your petri dish and I'm not a scientist by the way so excuse like my really bad analogies that I'm using but imagine if one day you decided to use a bigger petri dish and then the next day a smaller petri dish and then the next day you you know you used a different type of you know spores and then the next day you used a different type of gel and then one day there was you know the the room was you know 20 degrees and then the next day the room was you know 10 degrees and you know imagine then one day mold grew right and you'd be like oh there's the mold that I want to grow. Oh, great. This is great. Right. What did I do to create this? Well, you wouldn't know because one day was different and then this day was different. And like, you know, so, so imagine if, you know, if all of these conditions were the same and then one day the mold grew, you, you wouldn't know what had, you know, what small change had created the mold to grow, but like to grow, but say like you had, so say you had kept the room consistently at 20 degrees and you had used consistently the same gel and consistently the same Petri dish and consistently the same conditions and every single thing had been consistent, right? And the mold wasn't growing. So one day, one day you decide, okay, I'm going to raise the temperature of the room to 25 degrees. So you raise the temperature of, you know, the whatever, the Petri dish to 25 degrees and the next day mold grows. You would know that it was the raise in temperature that had done it because everything else was the same, right? That's exactly what it's like with your, with your training and with your cardio and with your dieting. If you keep every single thing consistent and you don't see changes, then you can say, well, okay, well, what if I increase my cardio by five minutes a day? So you increase your cardio by five minutes a day, then you remeasure and you go, oh, look, I lost some body fat. Right, excellent. Let's keep it here and let's remeasure again in another week. So you keep it consistent. You remeasure again another week. No more loss of body fat. So you say, okay, what if, what will happen if I increase my body? If I increase my cardio by another five minutes? So you increase it by another five minutes, and then you measure again. Oh, lost more body fat. So you know it's only because everything was consistent you knew what it was that made the changes. That's what's so important about dieting that people miss. They're all over the place. They're eating this one day and this another day and exercise exercising this one day and exercising this another day. They're not consistent with their diet, training, exercise, macros, and calories. So therefore, they don't know how to move towards a consistent result. So you need to make a plan, you need to stick to it, and you need to measure and adjust accordingly in order to move towards a long-term result. And that is what I ultimately want for everybody. But I just want to finish up by saying that, you know, short-term diets do work. They don't damage the metabolism, okay? Your body can adapt to any change that, you know, you make to it for a short period of time. You know, if you think about people in the world who go through massive hardships, even people who have been in prison camps or people who have been, you know, captured or tortured or whatever, the body is put under an enormous amount of stress, okay? But then the body recovers. The body gets better. With the right conditions, the body will heal itself. So you're never going to, you know, and going on a short-term diet, something like the one-week shred, all you're doing 
doing is reducing your calories and increasing your cardio. So you're increasing your heart health, you're increasing your cardiovascular health, you're increasing your endurance. You are reducing your calories, which gives your body a chance to clean the cells, to kill off any, you know, to gives your digestion a break, gives your body a chance to clean off, clean out any, you know, dead cells. It, you're reducing the fat in your liver. You're reducing the fat around your internal organs. You're efficient. You're, you know, giving your digestive system a cleanse because you're only putting in clean, healthy, whole plant-based foods. You're cutting out alcohol. You're drinking heaps of water. What's not to love? Like you're you're not harming your body in any way. You are actually, you know, nourishing your body. And I and a lot of people are like, oh, short-term diets wreck the body. Yeah, they do. If you do them one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off. Like if you're constantly going on crash diets, which don't give the body adequate nutrition, then yes, you're harming your body. If you go on a short one week, you know, intensive diet and training regime, which only has whole nutritious food on it which has heaps of water and which is increasing your cardiovascular health, how on earth can that be bad for you? It's not bad for you. Where it would be bad for you is if you cycled it for, you know, three, four, five, six, seven weeks or beyond, then it would be bad because your metabolism would downregulate and then that would not be good for your body to be in such a calorie deprivation over a long period of time. That is where dieting gets a bad rap. That is where it gets a bad rap. And, you know, and, and that is kind of what I wanted to clear up with this episode. Like whenever, just to circle back to the very start, whenever Mark, you know, my creative director said to me that, um, you know, it's lucky people don't listen to me because, because he's, you know, I've pretty much said in the past that short-term diets don't work. I was like, I have said that, but I, you know, I really wanted to clear up what exactly I meant because I didn't mean that, you know, short-term diets were bad. I just meant that if they, um, or no, he said that there's no such thing as a quick fix. You know, there is such a thing as a quick fix, but there's no such thing as a quick fix to to give long-term sustainable results. A quick fix will give you short-term results, but that's what a quick fix is for. You're not doing a one-week shred or a four-week shred so that you can look good next year. You're doing it so you can look good now because now is when you want the results. So I'm totally in support of long-term diets or short-term diets, apologies, but not if they sacrifice working towards a longer-term goal, which is what I always want you to strive for for yourself. So yes, by all means, do the quick fix. I love a quick fix myself to get a short-term result, but just understand that, you know, you really do need to focus on the long-term. Eventually, at some point, you know, you need to move out of the quick fix mentality and into the longer-term mentality to really sculpt an incredible body. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes. We're doing a monthly draw for um, someone to win one of our epic programs. Whenever we choose a name from the hat, you can basically choose whatever program you want, including the Sculpt and Shred program, which is worth $1,500. Um, and I don't think there's been that many reviews left this month in November. So if you're listening to this in November 2019, definitely leave a review. It has to be on iTunes or Spotify or one of the um, one of the places where you leave or you listen to this podcast. And then once you've left the review, just you know, so that we definitely know that it's there and we don't miss it, just screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the sculpted vegan. So screenshot it, DM it to me on Instagram. I check my DMs every single day just to let me know that it's there. And we are going to be doing a monthly draw and announcing it on this podcast at the end of the month um, for everybody who has left us a review on iTunes. And just to be completely transparent, leaving reviews on iTunes or on Spotify boosts our ratings. And we're already up into the top 100 health and fitness podcasts worldwide. And we've only launched this podcast. I think this is our eighth episode. So um, it's 
it's really good for our, you know, for our ratings whenever reviews are left. So, you know, even if you're not interested in leaving a program, I would just love it if you would support the podcast and leave us a review. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally shameless in asking for you to leave reviews. Um, and uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you're enjoying these podcasts in general. I'm absolutely loving making them and connecting with you guys. And I will see you next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Have an absolutely awesome week and enjoy the rest of your day. And bye for now.